The government recognizes the importance of mom. You see, in a society that is pushing for equal rights, ladies, listen to me, you got more rights than you can imagine. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. This morning, I just want to take you for a few moments. We celebrate probably one of the greatest national holidays that has ever been established here in America. And for a few moments, I want to recognize the very ones who are solely responsible for you and I being here. Now, I'm not saying for solely for being alive. Every once in a while, mom wants to kill you. You moms just missed another great place to shout amen. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, you know, those, us kids have gotten out of line. I didn't say us because I wanted to say me alone. But uh, we kind of do that sometimes. But there is something that God has placed in a woman. There is something that God placed in that woman at birth that put a longing. And the whole reason that we even have a Mother's Day today was back in the 1800s at the end of, at the, end of uh, the Civil War. There was a mother... In a small town that wanted so desperately to remember all the moms that lost their children, their sons during the war. And she prayed and she prayed earnestly that somehow or another there would be a, some kind of a memorial day for moms. The prayer made such an impression upon one of her 11 children, a young daughter by the name of Anna, she purposed in her life to help her mother, her mother's prayer come to pass because she watched the labor and how laboriously her mama would work to keep a war split community and a church held together because everybody had ideas about what was going on. But she said, I need to do something to touch the mother's heart. Well, Anna's mother died. And she was on a mission to try to get Mother's Day established. 1876 is when it all began. And in 1907, almost uh, some 40 years later, 
there was a holiday, if you will, a day set aside that is spread across the country. 45 states were recognizing Mother's Day in 1907. Seven years later, President Woodrow Wilson designated the second Sunday of every month as a day to honor all mothers. I want to take you into a passage, a very familiar passage in Scripture that gives a picture of what a mom is. Because a mom is not just somebody that gives birth. She is literally the nurturing mechanism of all of creation. When Adam and Eve were joined together, the Bible says that Adam named Eve. And the word Eve means the mother of all living. When God looks at you, mom, he looks at you with a tenderness that I'm not sure he looks at anybody else with. Because you know that you are the part of creation that gets to share in creation. You bring forth a man or a woman into this world as part of God's plan of creation. Look at Proverbs 31. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband is full confidence and lacks nothing of value because of her. She brings him good, not harm. All the days of her life, she selects wool and flax and works with her hands eagerly. She is like a merchant ship. And she brings the goods from everywhere. She gets up while it's still dark. She provides for the family. She provides portions for the servant girls, for the household. The husband is respected in the city gate. Now listen to this, ladies. The husband's respect comes from you. Is this incredible or not? You could be the blessing or the detriment. He takes his seat among the elders of the land. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom. Faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She doesn't get caught up in all the things that are going on. Her children arise and they call her blessed. Her husband arises and praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, beauty fleeting. But the woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her her reward that she has earned. That she has earned. How do you put a value on a mom? How do you give her the credit? That she has deserved. Let me say this. Whether you're married or divorced. Betrothed or single. Young or old. It really matters little. You are one of a kind. Bless you. You are one of a kind. You are. We're a gift that God has given us. 
And I learned just a few months ago, you got to love mom while you can because they're not always here. My mom, and I share this with others in the church just in the last few months, has gone home to be with the Lord. I was in prayer this morning early and, and just walking on my back deck as I usually do when I'm praying. And I was just kind of thinking about mom. I saw her on Thursday or Wednesday, and she was home on Friday. And I thought about the years. And, of course, the sadness comes because I can't pick up the phone no more and call her. I can't just drive, you know, here or there and see her. She's one of a kind. She's irresistible. She's irrepressible, and she is irreplaceable. Today would be a good day to tell mom how much you appreciate her. You say, well, pastor, you know, me and mom is out of sorts. Really? Do something about it. Well, you know, it's, you know this, that, and the other thing. Folks, <laughs> in a moment... It'll all change. Take time. Make time. Take time. Make time. I've got great memories that I was going through this morning. And, and you know, I, I looked at the rainbow and, and I looked at the rain. Because not all the times growing up. Us kids, we come to a place where we're stretching our, our wings, if you will. We're, we're trying to find our place in this world. And, and sometimes we don't treat mom and dad quite the way we should, do we? We don't say the things. And later on, I, I'm, I'm moved by the way our youngest daughter and her mom, the relationship they have. I mean, this little girl, she's 20. What is she, 28? My goodness, she's getting old. She calls her mom almost daily. Talking about all kinds of things. Sometimes I'll hear them talking on the phone. I'm thinking, okay, this is time for me to leave the room. They're talking, you know, not just mom-daughter things, but they're talking friend things. They're talking relationship things. They're talking rainbow things. Every once in a while she calls and she'll be a little irritated. Our oldest daughter Man, just turned 40. Man, she's old. You notice I'm not talking about me and my wife. We're not old. We've just got, we got old kids. Some of the kids are looking at us saying, man. The rain finds itself in there kind of drenching the joy that sometimes turns to pain because we're trying to find our place in this life. But I think if we take a moment, we can all find something that without, we would all not be the same. Ladies, gentlemen, mom is an integral part of your life that there is nothing in the world can change. Did you ever watch football players and basketball players? I guarantee 99.9% of them on TV, they say, hi, mom. I'm thinking, what is dad? Sliced liver? Hi, mom. There's something 
that integral part of our life that as we're growing, it never changes. And let me say, that something that I speak of even found its way into our country. Remember I told you that in 1914, Woodrow Wilson proclaimed Mother's Day the second Sunday of every May of every year? Well, he did something more than that. Not only did he declare that, but in 1976, some, some, you know, uh, years and years later, they put together a national federal flag code concerning the etiquette of the American flag and how to treat it. And it says the flag can be flown any day that it wants to. And one of the days that it is required to be flown, Mother's Day. I was a little irritated when I found this because it doesn't have to be flown on Father's Day. See, even the government recognizes the importance of mom. You see, in a society that is pushing for equal rights, ladies, listen to me, you got more rights than you can imagine. Here's some particulars of little kids that are coming to grips with how important Mom is, Angie's eight years old, and she said, Mom, I'm going to make you dinner for Mother's Day, but it's going to be a surprise. P.S., I hope you like pizza and popcorn. (laughs) Robert, another eight-year-old, said, Mom, I got you a turtle for Mother's Day. I hope you like the turtle better this Mother's Day than the snake I got you last year. (laughs) Little Eileen, she's nine years old, and she said, Mom, I I, I wish Mother's Day was always on Sunday. I wish Mother's Day wasn't always on Sunday. I wish it was on Monday because then I could be out of school and have a day with you. I'm not sure what's wrong with Sunday and having a day with you, but it's just like Diane, another eight-year-old, she said, I hope you like the flowers I got you for Mom's Day. I picked them while Mr. Smith wasn't looking. (laughs) Billy... And you would think it would be somebody named Billy saying this. Dear Mom, Arthur and I promise not to fight all day for Mother's Day. And then finally, Carol, I think she said it the best. Mom, here's two aspirins. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) We got a little video we're going to show that kind of gives a picture of this this incredible creature named mom and how, and just how, how important and mystical she is. Could you? Are you guys sure you got this? Yeah. The twins are plugged in. Baby's asleep. How hard can this get? We're men. Besides, I bumped into Chuck Norris at a pizza hut once. I think his powers rubbed off on me. Get out of here. Go on, enjoy your mommy getaway weekend. Oh, this weekend was a bad idea. You remember what happened last time we watched the kids? I'm not a pinata. Yeah, we're gonna need help.
Warning, use of this product may alter your perception of reality. Everything looks the same. This is a joke. Guys. 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 It's like the Sahara in this cup. Can somebody hit me with some juice? <laughs> and listen, pulp, no pulp, doesn't make a difference to me. You're the ones dealing with the diaper. Long goggles. Sit on your bottom. Listen to Daddy. You sit on your bottom, okay? Daddy's gonna come get you. Don't move. Don't dance. You sit on your bottom. Daddy's gonna come get you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't you try to stop me. Made a poopy, yes you did. Where are your mom goggles? They wouldn't fit over my hazmat suit. Take that. Oh, oh. You're so cute. <laughs> and then the little boy rocked his mommy. Oh, I love you forever. I like you too. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Oh, well, you take it and you fold it from corner to corner. No, I'm, I'm asking the question, how do moms do all of this? How do they handle it all? Well, maybe they have goggles we don't know about. It's as if God gave moms a special way of looking at things, you know? Okay, who taught you servanthood? Who modeled grace? Who gave you a taste of what God's love could look like? My mom, Mr. T, and my mom. Anyway, I, I just think God gave moms a special way of looking at things. Hey, honey. Hey, how's it going at home? It's all good. Guess you could say I'm um, starting to catch a glimpse of what your world looks like. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Mama. Hold on, your daughter wants to say something to you. I did, Mama. She says she misses you. And she realizes how important you are to life. And she doesn't know how you do it. And she knows that she can't make it without you. You said all that, huh? I don't know if you said it. But it's what I wanted to say. And I should have said it a lot sooner. I thank God for you. The twins. 
Um, it, it, it was nothing. We, we have to go, okay? Um, lo love you, Mommy. Yeah. Okay, guys, do you think it's anything like that? The diaper thing is what always got me. I could do pretty good with half the stuff, but moms, I'm not sure what God did allow you to handle that certain thing. There is a uh, survey that was done it was originally done back in the 60s, and I have it in your notes. You can read it. But they said a, a mom, you couldn't even afford to hire a mom if you tried to. Now, I know we get nannies and we get things like that. But to actually function as a mom, back in the 60s, they said it'd be about a $30,000 a year job. Now, if you remember the 60s, you know, I remember a good portion. Uh, I wasn't an adult but 30000 bucks is a lot of money. They said in 2009, there's another article I put in your notes. They did a new survey, and they said, once again, it's almost 10 years ago, that if you were to try to pay a mom, it would be $130,000 a year job. <laughs> Any takers? Now, the interesting thing in the two different analogies, one, one just basically said that she, she is the economical well-being and planner for the home. She is the nursemaid, the housekeeper, the cook, the dishwasher, the laundress, the food chauffeur, uh, uh, the, 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 excuse me, the food buyer, the chauffeur, the gardener, the maintenance person, the seamstress, the dietitian, the practical nurse. That's just the, the if you want to say, the menial thoughts. Not menial at all, but that's the, what the survey said. They forget the fact that she is the one that is the coach and the teacher and the interior decorator, the religious educator, the instructor, the sci child psychologist, the police officer, the chef, the judge, the counselor, the manager, the financial manager of the home. And though you have all those tangible things, how do you measure the woman's love and affection for the home. Oh, yeah, six-figure salary doesn't even begin to touch it. I love the scripture. One of the most precious gems in all of creation is the ruby. And the Bible says that she is worth far more greater riches. She truly is the irresistible irrepressible, irreplaceable mom. Let me give you the picture of this mechanism. She can live on a busy street corner in some urban city. I mean, they'll have police cars. They'll have sirens. They'll have boom boxes. They'll have uh, telephones. They'll have all these different things. And she's trying to get some rest and she'll sleep right through it. The bigger kids will be up raiding the refrigerator and doing all kinds of chaos in the house. And she'll sleep right through it. She'll be in the back room trying to get some rest. 
as the rushes of day go through the moment. And all of a sudden, a little voice on the other end of the house would just whisper, Mommy, she's up. She's there. How she can overlook all these things. Yes, guys, that's why she overlooks some of the things you say. But let it be the child. That's why some moms don't know if they married the husband or another. Anyway, we'll just leave that one. There's something about the mechanism that God placed in woman that causes her to long for this little child, knowing that it can't take care of itself and longing to have a child. You might be here and and you may never have had children. And and we, you know, there's people that make those choices. It's not a right or wrong thing. But there's something inside every woman. There's even a mechanism called, they call it a biological clock that goes off. Saying if you're going to have kids, you need to do it. Now, I'm not sure that God is the institutor or if society is because there's women. My goodness, you read about them in their 60s having kids. Sarah was in her 90s and had Isaac. See, he placed this mechanism not just in mom, but he placed it in us. Like I said, my mom went home to be with the Lord just the uh, the last day of of December last year. But there's something inside of me that just longs to reach out and touch her. Even right now. I remember the last time I saw her, she didn't talk very well. She couldn't communicate very well. But just to be there, holding her hand, just to be there, hugging on her and loving on her, just for a moment. I'm, I'm so graced that my wife was there with her that last Wednesday that we saw her. But there's something about it. And I don't, I didn't ask her, but I'm sure she won't mind my saying it this morning. My wife got up this morning and started going through old photos. Her mama died 40 years ago. And that mechanism is still just as real today as it ever was. doesn't matter. Mom, you are one of the most critical of all of creation. So grateful. So grateful for you. So grateful for what you've done and what you've given I read this someplace and I thought if this was ever a Mother's Day card that I would love to find, I, I would have probably said to my mom a hundred times. And the card would simply read, Mom, now that I am a mature adult and we have a mature adult relationship, I would tell this one thing. You're still the first person I think of when I fall down and go boom. Too many times, and I know, please bear with me, I know this isn't a deeply spiritual or, or theological message today, but I, I want to make it as pertinent as it can because God created this vessel called woman. And he created 
her that all of creation could continue to flow. And that's one of the things that, that make creation such a, a, an incredible thing. And I'm going to get a little political for a second. So if you know me and you're part of this church, you know that there is no telling what this pastor will say. <laughs> this is why homosexuality is not a normal or natural lifestyle. Because it can't reproduce. And God created all of creation to reproduce. All of creation. People reproduce. Animals reproduce. There is nothing that is same sex in all of creation. And if it is, God created the mechanism where you get some uh, in the animal kingdom that if you have an overabundance of male frogs, they will transition to female. God created it that way. Why? Because the heterosexual relationship is what God did. Why? Because that's how he prolongs or that's how he continues the creation. Every one of us wasn't made from the dust. Are we okay out there? So I love to have conversations with people. And I say, let's, let's just forget the Bible for a minute. Let's look natural. Let's look at historical. Let's look at real. There was a woman that was flying on an airplane one time, and she was a stay-at-home mom. And she was always bothered when she was traveling because she, she somehow or another she'd always get next to this woman that's a lawyer, this woman that's a doctor, this woman that's this, or this woman that's that. And she always felt like they, they looked down upon her. Well, one day she got on the airplane and she happened to be sitting next to a woman lawyer. And they got into conversation as was normal. And the question, the question came up. And what do you do? To which the mother, the stay-at-home mom, so eloquently articulated I am socializing two homo sapiens of the dominant values of the Judeo-Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments for the transformation of the current social order into the theologically prescribed utopia inherent in the Epsilon. And she followed that with saying, and what do you do? To which the lawyer couldn't say a word. Could I tell you, moms have taught us some incredible incredible things and I want to share them with you they have taught us the value of a job well done by saying these words if you're going to kill each other please go outside I've just finished cleaning the house (laughs) they have taught us time travel if you don't straighten up I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week mom has encouraged us with logic and the logic she said do it because I told you to do it She gave us foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. She gave us irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. She taught us about osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. She is the instigator of the term stamina. You will sit there until all that spinach is gone. She is the first one we heard about weather from. 
your room looks like a tornado went through it. <laughs> she taught us about hip- hypocrisy. She said, if I told you once, I've told you a million times, don't exaggerate. She talked about the circle of life. And in teaching her about the circle of life, she said, understand, son, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. This is going to be one of the most listened to podcasts in a long time. She talked about behavior modification when she says, stop acting like your father. She talked, (laughs) boy, I got that one right, yeah. She talked about envy, teaching us to understand that there are millions of less fortunate children who don't have great parents like you do. She talked about medical science. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to freeze that way. She talked about how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you will never grow up. She taught us wisdom. When you get my age, you'll understand. And finally, she taught us about justice. When she said, one day, you're going to have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you did. <laughs> Let me... Pastor Johnson, you probably never heard it like this in Kenya, did you? <laughs> He's going to ask me, Pastor Tim, can I have your notes for next year? Let me begin to wrap this up this morning. More times than not, I believe the kids get their heart from mom. Ronald Reagan, one of the greatest presidents in in my lifetime, said from my mother, I learned the value of prayer. From my mom, I learned how to have dreams and to believe that those dreams could come true. Mom, You know, whatever the day holds, frustration, challenge, I believe at the end of that day, you can find fond memories of that little boy, that little girl. In John 16, 21, look what it says here. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when the baby is born, she soon forgets the anguish because a child has been born into the world. Now, I want to give you ladies just a tidbit of wisdom that I've learned. Why would you ever think raising kids would be easy when it starts out with labor? Some of you will get that when you leave. I've talked to many parents over the years, and they said, Pastor, my son, my daughter is astray. I was reading through the different versions of the Bibles, and I found that Eugene Peterson kind of hit it in a poignant way in Proverbs 22, 6. We know the passage, raise up a child in the way they should go. When they are old, they should not depart. I like the way he said it. It's on the screen. Look what it says. It's in your notes. Point your kids in the right direction, and when they're old, they won't be lost. You see, a lot of people look at that and say, well, pastor, I raised my kids correctly. I did this, and I did that. 
Folks, it doesn't say they won't go down the wrong road. I was reading this morning one of the most powerful voices today. We remember his father, Billy Graham. His son, Franklin Graham. He is all over the place. He's all over the world. He is literally being used of God to change the world. But can I tell you, until he was 22 years old, he was a backslidden rebel. Billy Graham's son. And I guarantee him and Ruth, they raised him correctly. See, kids have to make their own decision. But look at this passage again. Raise your child. Point them in the right direction. See, there is something inside Franklin Graham that would not let go. And that would not let go is that right direction. Raise the child in the way. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. And no one can escape that reality. I leave you with these words of encouragement as the worship team comes. Ruth Bell Graham, Billy Graham's wife, wrote a bit of prose one time. And speaking of Franklin Graham, says she waited for the call that never came, searched the mail for the letter, the note, the card that bore his name. On her knees at night and on her feet all day, she stormed heaven's gates in behalf. She pled him to the high heaven's courts. And the words came back, be still and wait, was the word he gave. And so she knew he would do in and for and with him what she could never do. Moms, don't give up on your kids, but don't lose sleep over them. Don't give up on them. But you don't have to run after them. Doubts ignored. The prose continues. She went about with her chores with joy. Knowing though spurned, his word was true. The prodigal had not yet returned. But there is work that I have to do. They don't always come home the way that we think they should. And sometimes when they come home, they're not in the best shape. But there's something that God said. If you raise that child in the way, he knows how to get a hold of them. Can you say amen? Amen. I believe there's nothing closer to the heart of God than the heart of a mom. In our text, it said... Give her the reward that she has earned. Ladies, keep up the good work. We're still learning from it. We're still growing from it. My mom, though she's gone, oh, I still remember the back porch talks. Oh, I still remember the rod of correction. But I still remember the encouragement and direction that God used her for my life. Mom, thank you. Thank you. Young, old, mom, thank you. You're doing an awesome job. You're doing and you've done an awesome job. Job's not over. Until that trumpet blows. Pray for him.
Encourage them. Help them. And watch God do what he said he would do. Can you say amen? amen? Put our hands together once again for mom this morning, would you? There's a favorite psalm of David's. A song was written from it years and years later. And the psalm just very simply is found in the book of Psalms. It says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire. And I long to worship you. That's something God put in the heart of every man and woman on this earth. We try to fill it with different things. But guess what? can never be done. can never be done. And mom, you're the water that God brings a lot of us back to. You're the water that a lot of us come back to. I wonder if you close your eyes as we start this song. I don't want you to stand. I don't want you to do anything. I want you to close your eyes as we start this song. As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth. My soul longeth after thee. You alone are my heart's desire. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship thee. Let's all sing that verse again, would you today, everyone? As the deer panted for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You are my heart's desire, and I long to just for a moment as you're sitting there and the music plays softly. You know that mechanism that God placed in mom that makes her long after you and the same mechanism he placed in us that makes us long after her. He placed in us the same mechanism makes us long for a fulfillment, a satisfaction. The world doesn't do it. Society can't accomplish it. We walk around with this emptiness inside of us. And some of it could be out of right relationship. Some of it could be for various things. But ultimately, the depths of it is, is God's trying to bring you right back to a right relationship with Him. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, I know I've talked about mom all morning. But the reality is God created her to be used for you and I. And God still longs to bring you back to himself. 
And I ask you this morning, if your heart's not right with God, I just want to open these altars for just a moment. I know this, once again, has been a Mother's Day message. But the truth is, it's really a message about God's love shown through a mom. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to step out of your chair. Come find a place at this altar. We have people that would love to pray with you. Maybe your heart's not right with God. Maybe in listening to today's message, you are you are a bit forlorn. You're a bit uh, 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 bothered by the way you were raised. It didn't work out quite the way you thought it would. Your own children. For whatever reason, has taken you out of that right relationship with God. This would be a great day to come back. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.